Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 129, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Today's proverb comes from Thomas Tusser. I'll read it twice. Christmas comes but once a year. Once more, Christmas comes but once a year. The whole modern world is predicated on the idea that you should have whatever you want whenever you want it, and as much of it as you want. You should never have to want anything for more than a few minutes. Wanting is painful, and modernity is opposed to all kinds of suffering. Physical suffering, but spiritual suffering as well. And wanting is a very vexing spiritual pain. The modern world wants you to have all the things that you want. It wants you to have all the most sought-after, highly coveted, desirable things that there are immediately. And so, credit is money whenever you want it. Pornography is sex whenever you want it. Television is amusement whenever you want it. 
And all these things can be had in great abundance. Not only a little, but a lot. So we have much debt and many addictions. Modernity says you should not have to wait for anything. Nothing should defy your will. Nature should not defy your will. The elements should not defy your will. Morality should not defy your will. And time should not defy your will. And the belief that time should not defy your will has made adults out of children and children out of adults. As I've noted many times before, there is now no longer a distinction between childish pleasures and adult pleasures. We give adult pleasures to children. We give childish pleasures to adults. That's why there's breakfast cereal beers for grown men now. That's why there are action figures for grown men. It's why there are friends Lego sets. But it's also why fifth graders wear makeup and third graders have cell phones. The idea that you should have to wait for something or that the time for that has come and gone. This is blasphemy to the modern man because we want to control nature and time and every material substance we can get our hot little hands on. Christmas comes but once a year. Why? Why would it only come once a year? Anything that only comes once a year. It strikes us as a little pretentious, a little pompous. What if we want it more than that? What if we need it more than that? But the fact that Christmas comes just once a year is one of the reasons why I love it so much. I love Christmas. This proverb, Christmas comes just once a year, is a thing we say to justify lavish expenditures. When you go shopping, Christmas food shopping, Christmas comes just once a year is a thing you say when you're picking up a larger prime rib for Christmas Day. It's a thing you say when you're spending more on your wife's present than you had budgeted for. Christmas comes just once a year is a thing you say to justify putting a five and not a single in a Salvation Army bell ringer's bucket. Christmas comes just once a year is a thing you use to justify telling yes to your children for whatever ridiculous thing they want to do on the 26th. Can we have pie for breakfast? Sure. It's Christmas just once a year. Christmas comes just once a year is like you only live once, except it's true. You only live once isn't true. 
You only live once, but you live forever and you're stuck with whatever you do. That's the truth. Christmas comes just once a year points to the fact that Christmas isn't so much a thing we do as it is a thing that happens to us. Christmas only comes once a year because we're not in charge of Christmas. It's in charge of us. Christmas comes when it wants to, when it's pleased to come. And we can talk about making it Christmas in our hearts all year, all we want, but it's not going to happen. Because Christmas has a gravity of its own. It has a life of its own. When you buy the bigger prime rib, you're along for the ride. When you tell your children, sure, pie for breakfast, you're not taking your kids anywhere. You're all being taken somewhere by Christmas. We mark the arrival of Christmas with surprise every time. That's how outside of us it is. We arrive at the grocery store in November and see that Christmas decorations are up and we remark, oh, Seems that Christmas has come early this year. We always say this. That's just because we don't expect it. Because we don't expect it, we always say it comes early this year. Christmas comes earlier and earlier. People say that. It's not true. It's just outside of you. It's independent of you. Which means that you don't make Christmas come. And so it always feels like it arrived early. Christmas is like a guest that shows up when you're not expecting it. Or not a guest, not just any guest. Christmas is like this rich old man who does not travel light and sends steamer trunks and massive portmanteaus ahead of him so that all of his stuff is there when he finally arrives. That's what Christmas is like. Now, I believe this. I believe that Christmas is outside of us, that we can't and don't make it come. We don't prompt it to come. We don't even summon it. It just shows up. I have more to say on that in a minute, but let's suppose for just a second that Christmas was a thing that we did. And that we're not along for the ride, but that we are actively making it happen. And that we could stop Christmas if we chose to. Even if that were the case, I would still say Christmas comes but once a year. And the reason for this is Christmas is expensive. You can't afford for Christmas to come more than once a year. And you really don't want it to come more than once a year, or need it to come more often than that. Christmas is a feeling to an extent, but it cannot be reduced to nothing more than a feeling. Christmas is as Christmas does. Now, what is Christmas? It's important. You know, if I'm going to say something like it's a feeling, 
Christmas arrives with green and red wrapped Hershey's Kisses at the grocery store. If we're going to make these claims, I need to give some sort of central definition of what Christmas is. And, and here it is. What is Christmas? Christmas is the timely liturgical celebration of the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity. That's what Christmas is at its very center. Now, if this is true, Christmas is the timely liturgical celebration of the incarnation. The more pressing need of this generation is not keeping the Christ in Christmas, but keeping the Mass in Christmas. So go to church on Christmas. Go to church on Christmas Eve, but that's easy. Go to church on Christmas Day. It's an obligation. That's what keeping the Christ and the Mass in Christmas means. Really keeping the Christ in Christmas is too easy. Don't let yourself off the hook. So easy is that. On Christmas Day, get out of bed, get dressed. If it's a holy day, prove it. You don't prove that a day is holy just by putting a little Grand Marnier in your coffee. That's too little. Go to church. Go to church to hear the bells on Christmas Day. That's obviously an old song. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Not anymore, you know, because you don't go to church on Christmas. No one's at church on Christmas. Find a church where you can go to church on Christmas Day. And yet, despite all that, Christmas is also everything which surrounds the timely liturgical celebration of the Incarnation. So the way I see it, it's like this. A marriage is the sacramental, liturgical, fruitful union of a man and a woman. But a marriage is also prayers before bed. A marriage is also family movie nights. It's also you get to pick the menu on your birthday. A marriage is also... You can't get your ears pierced until you're 13. It's also, I'm sorry for what I said about your friend Kim. And none of those things is opposed to the sacramental, liturgical, fruitful union of a man and a woman. Those things are the natural consequences of a sacramental, liturgical, fruitful union. Those things prove that the union was Liturgical and fruitful in the first place. If there's no, if there's no prayers before bed and no family movie nights and none of the rest of it, then maybe there hasn't really been a sacramental liturgical fruitful union. Maybe that was all false. Likewise, many of the things that surround Christmas, Nat King Cole, It's a Wonderful Life, Home Alone, uh, Russian tea cookies, silly ornaments for the tree, are perfectly natural consequences of the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity. So it's the timely liturgical celebration of the incarnation. That's, that's Christmas. That's the sine qua non of Christmas. But the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity has more consequences 
then can be numbered. And the silly ornaments on the trees and the Russian tea cookies and Miracle on 34th Street are all part of it. They're all proof that the incarnation took place. Now, all those natural consequences are costly. But the expense of Christmas is both one of the reasons we take it seriously and one of the ways we take it seriously. This is perhaps a controversial point. I might as well repeat it once more. Spending a lot of money on Christmas is a way of taking it seriously. Spending a lot of time on Christmas is a way of taking it seriously. Where your money is, there your heart will be also. There's no rational explanation, though, for our willingness to give and give and give at Christmas time. So this is why I don't think we conjure Christmas. Christmas comes but once a year is not a theory. It's a proverb, which means it's an observation on how the world works. There's only once a year where people are so open-handed, where they're so generous. There's no rational explanation for our willingness to give millions of dollars in charity between Thanksgiving and December 24th. The amount of money that the Salvation Army takes in from bell ringers, especially from bell ringers outside of Walmart. I believe, don't quote me on this, I think I heard that a third of all the money the Salvation Army takes in comes from bell ringers outside of Walmart. Christmas comes but once a year is a recognition that something happens to us in the Advent season that makes us willing to be charitable in ways that we never are otherwise. There are people who never give to charity, never, who make it a point of pride to never give money to the poor, who give money to the Salvation Army at Christmas time. Christmas is one of the last proofs there is that times exist. Not time, but times. That there is a cosmic order to things. As Moses says, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years in Genesis. And the marking of these sacred times still has this real palpable effect on our lives. Despite the fact modern men control the seasons, despite the fact that we can get any fresh fruit, any vegetable we want year-round, despite the fact that we will probably in a few years 
control the weather and turn off hurricanes as easily as we turn off lights. Despite all that, Christmas only comes once a year. Now, the fact that it comes once a year makes us think that we can conjure it. And plenty of people will tell you that we make it Christmas and that the only reason people are more open-handed during December is because the bell ringers are there and we're hearing the music and we're recalling all of the stories about generosity that we've heard Christmas films, stories about St. Nicholas. And that because it really is all of this, we could turn the bell ringers on and play the music in July and bring back the Christmas mood. Of course, modern men love to say this sort of thing. But we have no proof. We've never tried it. And Christmas is one of those things that refuses to be moved. There's probably a more convenient time in the year for a quarter of the country to travel to see relatives. And almost nobody believes that Jesus was born on December 25th anymore. We think the time of year is arbitrary. And yet there is a feeling, there is an ethos that attends it, that attends the end of November, the beginning of December, where we feel something has come to us. Where we feel that this higher reality has descended. And it makes us, of all things, it makes us more open to tradition, to old things, than at any other time of the year. Whatever this thing is that descends upon us, it is very old. And it inclines us to accept old things, antiquated things, more readily than at any other time. That we like to think of ourselves as cutting edge and modern, but so much of Christmas has been, and check and see if this isn't true, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years now, Christmas has been regarded as old-fashioned. It was sort of invented. It sort of comes into existence as an old-fashioned thing. We now look back on periods in history with nostalgia that were themselves looking back on older times, thinking nostalgically about how the world used to be come Christmas time. And so because of all of this, because Christmas arrives unbidden, because there is a feeling of generosity that attends it, because the whole thing, the whole celebration of Christmas, all of the songs and music and aesthetics that go with it are tinged with this familiarity and desire for old-fashioned things, for all these reasons. 
I think that Christmas is something else. It's something other. It's not our doing. Which means that no matter how much we love it, we have to wait for it. 